I realized a little bit ago that this morning I had teachers and students all stand up today in the services and gave them a little gift and things. And the first service, we only mentioned one teacher in the room, even though we had two teachers in the room. And somebody was trying to play off by running the soundboard back there and not telling us that he's a teacher. And so he is a teacher. So Brother McKee, we're going to embarrass... No, I'm not going to embarrass you tonight. But I should, because you didn't stand up this morning. You're supposed to stand up with the other teachers, and you didn't. And so... It's for even it's for the poor souls that will be teaching in three weeks too, and more time is coming. So Brother McKee teaches our is it sixth grade and fifth and sixth grade and above, and all the high school and all that good stuff. So I'm gonna keep your gift card since you didn't get this this morning, and I'll give you the red. There's red pins in here. I thought that's pretty good. Teachers need red pins, and so although I've heard. They're kind of going away from red pins because red's a mean color for students' papers, so they're going to change the color just for students. Make it a happy yellow or something to mark everything, something like that. So here you go. And uh, next time, if you next year, if you don't stand with the other teachers, I'm going to embarrass you and give you a whole Sunday night just to yourself. So remember that. And I'm not doing that because your wife would like attention like that. I know you're not that way to like attention like that, so I won't do that to you tonight. Maybe next time, and so. But we're thankful for Brother McKee and what he does. He's a great teacher. If you ever get to go down to his classroom or Caroline's, I believe we have two of the greatest teachers anywhere that teach our kids. And the fact that they don't kill our kids. If I was in the classroom with them, like today, I had youth group earlier, and I had these. I had Skyler and Isaiah, and they're all talking about, remember when you used to have math class in your office? And you were so mean and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't remember any of that. I was very nice and very patient and loving and help them along but I would call I would you know if you were if you were not intelligent in math I would let you know that you were intelligent in math because one plus one always equals two it never equals four and some students couldn't figure out that one plus one equals two they always thought one plus one equals four and so Skylar I still love you anyway so Acts chapter 16 tonight Acts chapter 16 just be grateful you passed after all but every once in a while, I'll have to fill in for Caroline or for Ryan, and I do that one day, and then I thank the Lord that I'm a pastor and I'm not a teacher. But then dealing with some of you sometimes is about as bad as dealing with those kids. Ever. No, I'm just kidding. So I, I enjoy pastoring. I do not enjoy teaching in a Christian school. I remember right out of Bible college, I told the Lord, the one thing, Lord, I don't want to do is work in a Christian school. And that's what I got to do, so... Don't tell God things you don't like to do. It's never a good way to go. Just, you know, someone asked me a while back, what if God called you to the mission field right now? And I almost said, no. I, and I'm like, whatever the Lord wants, I'll do whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. And so that's the way to live. Be open to whatever the Lord has for you. Don't tell the Lord no, because when you tell the Lord no, somehow it comes back around to get you. Because the Lord's like, oh, really? No? What if I tell you to? And so I was in purgatory for three years in a Christian school, right out of Bible college. And so, but helping start a Christian school helped me know how to get ours back going. So it's like the Lord knew what he was doing and all of that, even though I didn't want it. And so it's good to follow the Lord and his will and things. Um, May, it's good to have your daughter here tonight. And so it's been a while since I've seen you, but last time I saw you was just you. And now you got this guy sitting next to you. And I see a wedding ring on his hand and things. So are you two married? Yes. I want a baby on the way, too. Man, it's been a long time, hasn't it been? I still remember when we were, um, 
the first couple times you guys came to church, I went down, you were living down at the end of the street here, and you came back from work that night, and I thought you were like a, I thought you were a kid, like a 16-year-old. I'm just finishing college, and all. I'm like, ooh, I didn't realize all of that. And then you went back, you went to Hiles, right? Golden State, it was one of those two. I couldn't remember, and so I went to Golden State. And then, so how long have you two been married? All right. So, good. You got to remember that date. That will save you a lot. I was just testing you out right there to make sure you, and what's your name? John, it's nice to meet you, and we're grateful to have you both here tonight. So where are you guys, are you guys up there still, or where are you guys at? Where are you guys living? Okay. Okay, you're back there. And the, have you been through a winter back there yet? Okay. Well, it wasn't that bad. That's what they told me before I went to college there. And then in October, it's like zero degrees. It's not that bad. I'm like, I can't even move. My car didn't want to start. You know, I was like, ur, ur, ur. I'm like, I know, baby, you're used to California. You're not used to that weather. And then same thing, Montana. It doesn't get hot or cold, really, in Montana here. And it was 100 degrees the first week we got there. And no air in our apartment either. And then winter started, it was zero degrees in October. So I, when people say that stuff, I just, I'm like, it's not. But it is weird, though, how that northwest Indiana, some years are a little milder than others and how it goes. It is pretty weird. But I thank God I'm here and not there anymore. And so, and uh, maybe someday. I'm kidding. And so Acts chapter 16, we'll dive into the message tonight. Acts chapter 16, and it, I don't know if you noticed this theme going on. Seems like the church makes some progress, and then we see opposition comes again. When you are serving God and doing the Lord's work, the devil is never happy. That's just the way it works. And if the devil's happy with you, then you need to change something up. If there is not opposition, everything's going great. Sometimes like, what am I not doing right because everything's going great? Sometimes we look at it that way, and sometimes it's God's blessing. I'm grateful for that. But as we look, we see over and over again that opposition comes. Tonight, the title of my message is Opposition Comes Again. It's like one thing after another. But I love the fact it didn't stop them from doing what God called them to do. We're in Acts 16. Look down at verse 16. We'll read verse 16 through 24 this evening. It says, And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters... Much gained by soothsaying. So these guys were making money off of her. And when people make money off of things, they don't want that to stop. They don't like that. We'll see later on, later on, chapter 19, we'll see more of that happening. And it says in verse number 17, the same, so this damsel, followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, sometimes you would think to yourself, Wow, someone's proclaiming that we're giving the gospel a good thing. This is really not the woman gospel at this time. And we'll talk in a few minutes. And it says in verse 18, And this she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee, and you see it's a small spirit. She is possessed by a spirit here. And we see it says here, it says, And he turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, when they realized they couldn't make money off of her and her fortune-telling that she was doing, 
they got upset. And they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. What were Silas guilty of spreading the gospel? Speaks up, filled with the Spirit, and we see that they cast the Spirit. Those men quit making money on her. They were upset, and they had Paul and Silas beaten and thrown in. And tonight we're not going to go any further, but I just want you to look at the very next verse. How would your attitude be being treated unjustly like this? Your attitude. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises of God and the prisoner. Go back to verse 6. Didn't stop them from what they were doing. And even in the midst of what's taken place and the injustice that's been done to them, instead of getting bitter about it and maybe even getting mad at God that this happened to them, they just kept singing praise anyways. Great lesson for us, but we'll look at that next week. Tonight I want to look at the fact that the opposition comes again. Father, bless the next few minutes that we have. We need you this evening. We thank you for the many blessings you've given to us. And I pray that you would help us and guide us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We saw at the beginning of this chapter, we saw how Timothy joined Paul and Silas. We see also it's the first time we as mentioned, so Luke joins them. Duncan, isn't that what we were talking about earlier? Even Paul had a physician with him, and that's at Luke with him. And as we look here, we see that Paul, if you remember, that Macedonian call, he follows the Spirit of God, and this lady by the name of Lydia gets saved. And literally the church at Philippi is started. They didn't even have a synagogue there. It started out by the riverside, and a great victory takes place. And it, it is awesome in ministry to have victories, isn't it? It's great to have a day where you see people get saved and where you see the Lord work. It's an awesome thing. That's, it's awesome. There's nothing like seeing the Lord work. There's nothing like having great victories in the Christian life. And it's a great thing. But I want you to understand as we look here, and you think about just Lydia coming to the Lord and how her life was changed and all that happened, the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in her life and all these things taking place. Now we see that God's opening a door there in Philippi. And God uses this church in a great way. So this is great stuff that's happened. But you got to understand something. When Satan sees the things of God going good and sees churches multiplying and people getting saved, lives being changed, Satan does not like it. He does not want that to happen. And as we look here, we see the opposition just continue. And as we serve God, no one ever should have the idea that it's always just going to be sunshine and roses and it's just going to be a wonderful, easy Christian life. 
Why should our Christian lives be easy? Sometimes we get used to American Christianity today. We like it easy. We like that we can into our church and not really fear anyone coming in and taking us out. We, there are countries tonight that they're meeting in places that people don't even know where they're meeting. Hidden. Because that's the best they can have. And if they're found, they could be put to death for even having a church service. And we can walk in the front door of the church like nothing. And the worst thing a couple years ago is you might get a fine if you go into a church. We look here tonight and we see these things. Number one, as we dive into our outline, we see the opposition comes as they were praying. They were praying. They were just doing what God called them to do. And it says they went to prayer. And as they went to prayer, we see, first of all, letter A, that a woman with a spirit of divination meets them there. And the spirit of divination is fortune-telling, is what it really is. And as a Christian, just a little thought for you, be very careful when you mess with that stuff. And I'll put it this way. A Christian has business messing with this stuff. Fortune-telling, any of that stuff. Ouija boards, you don't hear much talk about that stuff today. But you shouldn't have nothing to do with that stuff. That should have no place in a Christian's life. And so this woman, she has this spirit of divination. And the Bible tells us back in the book of Deuteronomy, it says in chapter number 18, verse 9 through 12, it says, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divinations, or an observer of the times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, and a um, necromancer. For all those that do these are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Now I know some of you think, well, that's Old Testament, Pastor. You mentioned this morning, we're not under the Old Testament. We are under grace today and the new covenant. So I can do as I please here. Do you notice there are not many times, there are a few times throughout the Bible that God says something is an abomination to it. Does God change? I don't think he changes. Isn't that what the Bible says? You say, well, we're not under the, yeah, we're not under the law. Thank God for that. We're under grace today. But I don't think that means that there are certain things that all of a sudden God's like, oh, I don't care about this anymore. No, because God doesn't change. And when God says something is abomination to him, that's exactly, it means it makes him sick and wants to throw up. He hates it, despises it. And as we look at these things, even today in our world, we look at some of these things. And they will make very cute movies about them. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to get after anybody in here tonight, but they'll make cute little movies about some of this divination and other things. And, oh, it's okay then, because it's a cute little movie to watch. You need to be very careful with that stuff. Don't mess with it. I love some of the advice that we're given in the book of Proverbs. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. It's not something for a believer, for a Christian to mess with. Don't get caught up in that stuff. So we look at this woman here, we see these things about her, and 
you know, as we look here, the reality is these men were just grateful that they were making, they were just making money off of her. They were using her. And this, and you think about a spirit being in her and her being possessed. She's possessed. That's what, that's what we see here. There's an unsaved girl here. She's possessed. A believer cannot be possessed by a spirit. As a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ, you can be oppressed, you cannot be possessed. This woman was possessed. When we look at this, we see that she had this divination here, and then we see letter B, the fact is she ended up speaking up, and she did this for many days. And as we look, we see really what she was doing. She was mocking these messengers of God. You might look at it and say, well, no, she was promoting them and saying, hey, these guys are giving the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, she was mocking them and following them and mocking them. And Satan will use, you've got to understand something, the battle tonight is not against flesh and blood. Although flesh and blood is where a lot of the attacks come from. Do you realize that tonight? But our battle against flesh and blood. It's against principalities, and we understand those things. And it's so important that we, as we follow the Lord, and um, the police department, we're getting ready to change our Bible study to another topic, and we're going to be talking about putting on the full armor of God. And I'm going to use their uniform, and how important it is that they're fully equipped in their uniform to go out to serve the community. That's how a Christian's supposed to be every day, in full uniform. It doesn't say put on pieces of the armor of God. It says put on the full armor of God. The Bible talks about that in Ephesians chapter number 6. And the Bible tells us, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. They may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You've got to understand the devil, he's persistent. He doesn't stop the wiles, the tricks, schemes that he has. He's not going to stop. Do you realize that tonight? There will be a day when he stops, but he's going to be in the lake of fire the day he stops. And there will be a little break for that thousand years when he's in the bottomless pit. But he's not stopping. He's going to continue to stand against the things of God today. And we see that here. And this woman, she was just kept mocking and it kept coming. And she was persistent with it. And the devil knows that at some point we will let our guard down. We do. We get complacent. We get, I mentioned this morning, sometimes there's a spiritual victory and we let our guard down. Be very careful when spiritual victory comes because the devil's right there waiting for you to let up. That's why it's important every day you start your day, you put on your armor. You get it on and you make sure you're ready to stand. You know why many Christians don't stand and they fall down? Because the armor's not on. We go out to battle with nothing. Put on your armor. And I don't know if you've realized all the armor except one piece is defensive. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, it's the offensive weapon that we have. That's what Jesus did, right? He took the attacks from Satan and he used the Word of God to go on offense. And then you got to understand, most of the shield of faith, the helmet, all these things, they're defensive. They're to help protect us, but the sword of the Spirit is how we advance. And so as we look here tonight, we see that opposition was coming. We see that this lady, this damsel here, literally continued to interfere and continued to just keep going at him. We see, number two tonight, that opposition comes after the spirit there is defeated. 
18 through 21, it says, And this she did many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of her gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And we see as we look here about this opposition comes after the spirits defeated. Reminds me of the fact, you've got to remember tonight, Christian, the Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 4, greater, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, the great spirit. There is no spirit like the spirit of God that lives inside of you. Remember that tonight. And that's where sometimes I'll hear Christians, Pastor, I just can't help but sin. Really? When the Spirit of God lives inside of you, He lives there, and He is greater than anything, and you, the problem is, we're trying to take care of our own lives and run our own lives instead of letting the Spirit of God do it. We are full of ourselves and not full of the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And we see that this spirit is no match for Jesus. That's the way it works. Jesus can take someone, and one of these weeks, I, it was supposed to be last week when I was supposed to be gone to Mexico, but we're going to have from the rescue mission, Brother Michael, the guy that runs the rescue mission. And he was a Hindu guru, is what he was called. And he would travel the world, literally, and travel the world turning Christians and people, Christians. This is what he told me. He said, those that really had the Holy Spirit in them, I couldn't convert them to Hinduism. Those that claimed to have Jesus but didn't have him, they were easy. He said he had over 70 to 80 spirits in him. Had a closet that he would open up and those spirits were right there. And he talked about the fact that one day in his earlier years he was in New York and he was, he was an assistant pastor at a church said he was never truly saved. And he said these spirits were, he, you know, the spirits have been more. So one day he just picked up his Bible in India. He's in India at the time. And literally, and the word of God just convicted his heart. And he, for two or three days, literally didn't move from the spot where he was. And he accepted Christ as a savior and his life changed that moment. He said he went to his closet where all these spirits were dwelling. And you say, is this real? Sure sounds real to me. And you look at his life and you hear this story and you'll get to hear it in person before too long. Literally said he went to the closet full of spirits. said, I want to introduce you to somebody. I want to introduce you to my Savior, Jesus. And he said he felt as if it were the Spirit of God come over his shoulders and enter into that closet. And all that he could hear were all of these voices yelling, No! And they were gone. And it was the first time in years he ever had peace and quiet. And the difference was, he really got Jesus. And he got the Spirit of God. It's powerful. The Spirit of God's powerful. Sometimes we don't, we hear that stuff, and I saw a couple of you like goosebumps there. I saw that right there. And you know, you hear those stories, and you kind of think like that. 
We don't like talking about the spirit world and all those things, but it is real. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the spirit of God. You've got nothing to fear. You have the great spirit inside of you. As we look here about this girl, we see, first of all, letter A, we see the damsel's masters were upset. All they were worried about was the money, literally. You know, it's interesting. They didn't care about this girl. Do you know, this spirit that was in her probably tormented her. They didn't care about that. It was all about what money can she make for us? What can she do? And, you know, I think that's how the world is. The world's all about using people. Using people and abusing people. And it just doesn't matter. We'll see later on in Acts chapter 19 the same thing. Literally, the, they, the only reason they got upset, they weren't upset because um, what they did. They were upset because they lost money. And that's why, you know, you think about what the Bible says. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of it is. Big difference in the two. And so we see that they were upset. They were very upset, the Bible tells us right here. And then we see letter B, the fact that the missionaries were falsely accused. Now we look here and we see what it says down there in verse number 20. It says, And they brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And literally, what were they doing? They were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's all they were doing. And you know, we think about in this world, and we think about how things are going, and where things are heading. That's what the book of Isaiah says about people like this. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You see, some things that they brought up, I already mentioned to you that this city of Philippi, there was no synagogue here. They literally had church down by the riverside. That tells us some things. I don't think this city was very Jew-friendly because every city where there were Jews, there was a synagogue. And yet here in Philippi, there is no synagogue. And so I don't think they're very Jew-friendly, and what's the first thing that they say? These men being Jews. They bring up that fact right there. These guys are Jews. And um, the way that it worked is, in order to have a synagogue too, the city had to have more than 10 Jewish men. So this city couldn't even have had 10 Jewish men in the city. So there were not a lot of Jews. And many scholars and people believe the reason was they didn't like the Jews in this city. It was an anti-Semitic city. Is that the case? I don't know. But literally, we know there wasn't, weren't enough to have a synagogue. And the fact is, we see they bring up this point right here. And then we also see that, um, look at what else it says, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And they point out the fact that what these guys are, these guys are not only Jews, but what they're teaching goes against the culture that we have, the Roman culture that we have. And go against Roman culture? Yes. Yes, it did. Jesus goes against every culture, doesn't he? And this, you th that's just the way it is with Jesus. 
And this world, that's why this world doesn't like Jesus, because he goes against their culture and what they think. And so they bring these accusations forward. And then lastly tonight, number three, we see opposition comes as they stand for the truth. It would have been easy for them to say, hey, we, we're, we'll leave. We're done. We won't cause you any more harm. We didn't, we didn't mean that. That's not what I meant to say. We're not, but we see the fact that they are beaten for it. They're even put into the inner prison because of it. And so as we look, look at verse 22 through 24. It says, And the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Now as we look at this, we see first of all, letter A, that the crowd rose up against them. Well, you know, people give in a lot to peer pressure, don't they? People do. Think back in Jesus' day, there were many people that said, Hosanna, blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then maybe some of those were there that day. Who knows who were all there, but they followed the chief priest and those, and he's not our king, crucify him. I wonder if there were many people that were the ones that were waving the palm branches that were the actual ones saying crucify him and how they could be swayed. People are swayed very easy. You ever notice that in our society today? Certain things go on the news and it sways people real quick, doesn't it? People are, that's why, that's why we're sheep, right? We're easily swayed. And so as we think about this, this crowd rose up against them. The Roman leaders were angered. All these people were angered. All these things happened. We see that these missionaries, what was done with them? They were cast into the inner prison. Now, the way it worked, you know, our prison systems are a little different today than what the Roman prison system was. And our prison system now is getting very laxed on a lot of things. Like, I'll give you an example. Here in Chino and here in San Bernardino County, because of our wonderful state, unless you do something very, very bad, you will get your picture taken and a little citation given to you, and you get to leave right there. Because what would happen is they would take you over to Ontario Rancho over there on 4th Street, and they would just take your picture and let you leave anyways. That's how, that's where our system's at today. Unless you're really bad. If you do something really bad, they'll take you, and you might stay there a day or two. Unless it's really, 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 really bad, you get to leave after that. And then come for your court date, and then most of them never show up. And that's how it worked. Roman prison, the way it worked was, you would be stripped almost naked, and beaten, and humiliated before you ever went into prison. Literally what we see take place right here. They literally had many stripes upon them. And then they cast them into prison. That's the way it worked. Like in our system today, they get their picture taken and they go to a holding cell. No, they would get beaten, naked, beaten, and then put into jail. And it was a painful thing, humiliating, a bloody ordeal. And these bleeding wounds, do you think they took care of the bleeding wounds? Man, even today... Someone has a cut or has an issue when they get arrested. You have to take them to the local hospital and let them get treated before you can even take them to jail. They didn't do that there. They literally would beat them, buddy, and they would throw them into jail, literally. 
and it didn't matter how they were. Most cells were very dark, especially the inner cells. Say, why would they have put them into the inner cells? Because in those inner cells, it was the furthest away, and they were supposed to keep them safely, right? They were supposed to keep them there. And in fact, they even locked them in chains, right? Isn't what it says here? On their, it says there they were, and their feet were fast in the stocks. And it's cold, dark, dingy. How are you going to sleep with those chains on your feet? They didn't have a mattress to lay on. No pillow. No toilet with the water on top. None of that. They're literally in a pit, basically, a hole. Some people would try to kill themselves in there, literally. Romans would. It was that bad. But we see two men that decide to sing praise to God in the midst of it all. Even prison couldn't shut them up for Jesus. What, what would it take for you to stop singing praise to the Lord? What happened this last week where you got a little angry at God and you didn't want to praise Him? It took a lot, and it still didn't stop them. They kept praising Him anyways. You see, the opposition continues to come, but we see they just kept moving forward for the Lord. As we go through this life and the opposition comes, I'd encourage you, Christian, the closer we get to the Lord returning, and we're getting closer every day, Every day we are closer right now than what we were when we started the 8.30 service this morning. We're closer right now than what we were when we started the 6 o'clock service. It's only going to get worse. And we need to stand for what's right and continue to praise Him anyhow because you don't know what's coming. And God's Word needs to continue on. The Gospel needs to be spread. And we need to be willing to stand up for what's right no matter what the cost. And someday it is going to cost us again in this country. Are you going to stand or will you cower? I would encourage us to follow the example of these believers here and just keep serving God and keep praising Him no matter what comes our way. Father.